I'll be reading John 20, verses 19 through 31, and I'll be reading from the Pew Bible. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and place my finger in the mark of the nails and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Thank you, Jerry. That's a familiar story about doubting Thomas. Poor doubting Thomas kind of gets criticized for his lack of belief. But I, I personally say that doubt, a good help out is good. In fact, it's a necessary component of uh, our faith life together. And I, I think Jesus cast a lot of doubt on the world Jesus lived in and went about in order uh, deliberately kind of doing this. Uh, beginning with even John the Baptist, when, when everyone said, well, because I was born a son of Abraham, my salvation is secure. And John questioned that and cast doubt on that. Said, no, that isn't what makes you righteous before God. What makes you righteous before God is a contrite heart. And he began bab- a baptism of repentance. And then Jesus started going around casting doubts in everyone's minds. Oh, well, you know, tax collectors and sinners are beyond God's reach. They're beyond redemption. They're beyond it. And we should just let it go. And they are sinful and awful and evil. And we shouldn't touch them. And Jesus says, well, I doubt that's true. I don't think that's true. And then, lo and behold, Jesus spent some time getting to know a few uh, tax collectors and, and prostitutes. And lo and behold, they became some of the best disciples Jesus had. Some of the most righteous among them. We have a book named after the tax collectors, the book of Matthew. And Mary the prostitute was one of the most noted leaders in the New Testament. So Jesus' doubt about what people were saying about tax collectors and, and
prostitutes didn't turn out right. Oh, you shouldn't touch leopards. Well, that's, I don't think that's true. In fact, by Jesus touching lepers, he healed lepers and healed the blind. All these people we, we weren't supposed to touch. Anyone who was the other that was out there. Jesus cast a lot of doubt on how the law works. Only God can forgive sins. And when the Pharisees said that, what they meant was only by going to the temple and paying a tax and killing a dove and giving the priests a little bonus can you expect to get your sins uh, forgiven then. But Jesus says, what? That's silly. I shouldn't have to pay to get God to redeem my sins. I, I, I think, what's it easier to do? Tell this guy who hasn't walked his entire life to get up and walk and go home or to say your sins are forgiven? And just to prove my point, Jesus says, I'm going to do both. Your sins are forgiven and you can get up and walk and go on home. That threw a lot of doubt into what everyone was saying. And that, you know, when healing was supposed to happen just in a pool when the water was stirred and you had to get in at just the right time, Jesus said, I don't think healing works that way. And he healed the guy way over here, a long ways away from the pool, just to prove his point. And when the kingdom of God was supposed to be one that was brought about by military intervention, by violent overthrow, that the throne of David would be reconquered and the Romans would be kicked out through violence. Jesus cast doubt at that and said, no, I believe the kingdom of God is something like a mustard seed that grows in the hearts of human beings and it's something that is shared one person to another. It's not something that you can bring about with violence, but it's something that is brought about through transformation and justice. And that's what got him killed. Was the notion that justice and transformation could bring about the kingdom of God. And Pilate said, I doubt it. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees said, I doubt it. And they hung him on a cross. But the truth of it was revealed on Easter morning. Amen? The truth of it was that Faith in the kingdom of God can transform people. You and I here 2,000 years later are proof of that. Amen? Doubt is good. I think doubt is good, especially in the world we live in. We wouldn't be Baptist if not for a good, healthy doubt out there, right? During the 1500s when uh, the, the Christian church was promoting a lot of uh, ideas that you could pay to get your relatives out of purgatory... Uh, so that uh, so that we could build some more, uh, you know, we can do some some renovation projects. It's kind of like a, it was a fundraiser. Did you know that the the selling of indulgences that was a fundraiser for a capital campaign that they had going on? And Martin Luther and a bunch of others, he he came up with ninety five things that he cast doubt about. He got, I doubt any of these things are real. And he he put those up there. He was trying to bring us all back to reality, but uh, they were having none of that, so he ended up starting the, Re the Reformation. And then Baptists, of course, we were the ones who thought that Luther and Calvin and those guys, they didn't go nearly far enough in their Reformation. <laughs> and we started looking at the Bible and saying, wait a minute, this is, I don't know where we get all this hierarchical business. For us, it seems to me that 
that the Holy Spirit is what's in charge of the church and all of us are, are called to be a community together and discern God's will together and the clergy, they shouldn't have any special, well you guys love that one, they shouldn't have any special place in the world, there's nothing special about clergy, we shouldn't be holding them up in a pinnacle here, in fact they ought to work for us, really, <laughs> kind of what Baptists did, and what, we wouldn't be Baptists without a good healthy doubt, and then uh, and we live into that legacy of doubt as we come across things when we said, wait a minute, I know all those churches down in the south, a lot of slave owners down there, but as I look at the Bible, Jesus is a, is a Messiah, Jesus is a liberator, amen. Jesus comes along to set people free. How can we justify enslaving people when the Bible says we should set them free, when Jesus came to set them free, amen? And we said, no, we're not doing that. And the Southern Baptists went on their way and we went on our way. That's fine. They doubted what we were saying to be true. And we said, well, that's fine. Go do your own thing. And they have been for a long time. You know, we cast out when we started looking at it and going, wait, wait a minute, where did we get this notion that women can't be in leadership? Where did that come from? And you start looking at it and they go, well, it says here, here, and here. And go, well, you know, I don't think that's what that's really about. And we cast out on what, on those Scriptures that, that we turn to all the time that says Paul didn't like women. Nonsense. Paul loved women. And lift, the earliest writings of Paul lift women way up in leadership. And it was Paul who said, In Christ we are neither Jew or Gentile, neither male nor female, neither free or slave. Paul was all about equity. So that just didn't make sense. And our doubt led us to say, You know what? Women can play any role they want to in the church. They've been leading it anyway. We may as well make it formal. Right? Amen? And it was doubt that led us to go, wait a minute. All this hubbub about gay people in church and how awful. I know we were all raised to think that that was sinful and awful, but is that really what that's about? We started looking at it and going, wait a minute, I don't think that's really what that's saying. And the Jesus I know is the Jesus who loves us, who sat with sinners, tax collectors, and prostitutes, and lifted them up and said, wait a minute, these, there's more going on here than we really know. And we look at those texts and we say, I don't think this is what they say it's about. And they're not talking about two men or two women in a loving, caring, monogamous relationship, in a committed relationship. In fact, the Bible is pretty silent about those things. But we're not playing this game anymore. Amen? Doubt is good. Doubt is what sharpens our faith. Doubt is what, what makes us question and wonder. Doubt is what makes our faith grow because it tests us. When I come along and I say, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person who believes in redemption. And Jesus Jesus is my Savior. And someone says, well, that's just silly. What do you mean Jesus is your Savior? How did, Je I don't even, how did Jesus save you? And then I have to defend myself. And I have to really think about that. Or I can, I can say some other things. You, you know, when, when people say, it's funny, when people say to me, you know, well, I don't, really, I don't really believe in God. I do what Marcus Borg taught me. He said, well, you know, 
tell me about the God you don't believe in. And they start to talk about it, and I go, you know what, I don't believe in that God either. <laughs> the things you're describing, I don't believe in that either. So your doubt is good, but, but you're, you know, you're not talking about the God I believe in, so there's something more out there. Oh yes, doubt is good, and it sharpens us. And it draws us back to what's important. And that's what I think Jesus was getting at when he comes back and he says, well, blessed are you. You know, it's great that you see me and you poke my side and you, you have this experience. But blessed are those who, even though they don't get to see me, they know who I am. They know what I'm about. And that's where, this, that's where a good, healthy doubt draws us right back to who is Jesus. You know, there's something inherent in us. When we know, we know crap when we smell it, right? There's something in us that says, wait a minute, this is not the Jesus I know. This is not the Jesus who loves me. When we see those guys with their signs at funerals and all of that kind of thing, we kind of wonder, what, where did you come from? And what, what translation are you looking at? Because I am not, this is not the Jesus that I have come to know. Even though I have not seen Jesus, I know who Jesus is. Amen? And our doubts about ideas out there, and even, even the way the Bible has been used to abuse, our doubts about those things are good. And they are what's going to save us and save the church. Amen? Uh, our ability to kind of come back to what's important and what's real. So I'm here today to lift up Thomas's doubting and encourage it among us all. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, you have called us to be people of faith, and yet that faith is not untested or unquestioned. Faith is a journey. God, that begins when we, when we start to wonder and you show us what is righteous and right and you reveal to us what is a path toward ugliness and hate and death. May we always choose life and may you guide us and may our doubts reveal truth. We ask all this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.